Check, check. What's up, guys? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Fuck. Welcome back, folks, to Quarantine Podcast with your boy, Maddie. <laughs> we are balls deep in some crazy stuff right now. Figured it's a good time to start, uh, you know, hopping on the cast. I figured if a pandemic can't make me do a podcast, then maybe, uh, maybe this isn't for me, so... I don't know. I'm not going to talk about all that stuff. I think we've been exposed, hey, no pun intended, to uh, enough crap on the internet between, you know, news outlets, uh, our medical professional friends, aka they all think that now. So it's a lot of information. You know, you got to sift through the good stuff. Not good stuff, but, you know. I don't, I'm fucking done. It's like, I think we all know what to do at this point. Take care of yourself. Avoid shit. Don't fucking be dumb. We don't need to read stats. Everybody's like throwing stats at you. It's like, how about this? I know what to do. And if something changes as far as how to live my life, hey, don't touch doorknobs. All right, I'll do that. I'm not going to read goddamn every article there is under the sun because you're just going to freak yourself out. So that being said, uh... I think the beauty of this, it's like, it's nice. It's good to be home. It feels like a weekend when you don't have plans. Like when people make you stay home and it's not in your control, kind of. It's one of those things where you feel bored at home. And then you got to trick your brain. Because you ever have a weekend, like for example... No one hits you up. It's a Saturday. You're like, I don't want to be in my apartment right now. I want to get the hell out of here. <clears throat> Hold on. Gotta put a, putting a baked potato in the oven. Get it. All right. Sorry about that. Had to put a baked potato in the oven. A lot of people will do them in the microwave, but uh, I'll tell you right now, treat yourself. I like doing things the right way sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we're in a rush and we can't, uh, you know, we can't. 
you don't have time to do it the other way, but <clears throat> like a baked potato in the oven is the most delicious thing ever. What else? Uh, I don't know, like making stuff homemade. I love cooking, ho- making things homemade. I feel like it just tastes better. Yeah, you know, every now and then. Something about store-bought shit. It's easier. You're just like, I know what it's going to taste like. It's bad for you, so it's going to taste maybe arguably better than what you make. <clears throat> but I feel like when you have the time, dude, make, do shit like that. Anyways, um, I don't know. This feels like a weekend where, you know, that Saturday when you want your friends to, like, you want to do something and none of your friends want to do shit. <clears throat> so you're like, yo, I'm so bored at my place right now. Uh, this sucks. This is how it feels right now, kind of, and I'm trying to trick my brain to where you ever have like a weekend when all your friends are like, hey, you want to do this tonight? Hey, you want to do that? And then you just cancel on them and just stay in and you're like, this is the shit. We need to pretend like we have plans that we just don't want to do. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to catch up on like just things I would do at home that I never had time to do because... I'm just always running around like a psychopath, you know? What have I been doing? I think just, like, actually cleaning. I think that's a good thing to keep up with. Um, Actually cleaning. uh, (laughs) As opposed to what? I'm just hovering my Swiffer over the floor because I don't want it to pick up anything. Um... I don't know, fucking... I painted the other day. I haven't done that in a minute, which... Felt good to do. It's relaxing. I don't know. Everyone's like, I, I'm not trying to like be an advocate of like, oh, do all this self care shit. We we know in a week we're gonna be fucking bored, whether you want to say it or not. It's just, I don't know. Fucking do something you've been meaning to do, whether it's you read. I don't fuck with reading. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I just all this stuff. It's just these. Anyways, I told you guys I wouldn't talk about it. So. In other news, uh, I don't know what I was thinking about this the other day. I just felt like stand-up. I haven't been able to do it for a little bit, obviously. But um, <clears throat> it's funny just reflecting back back on, like, good shows. But then you start thinking about, like, the shows that are really bad. And it's just super funny to me thinking about those shows where you're like, why did I keep doing it after that? Like, the worst show I've had so far. It's almost like it's funny that's how bad it is. It was in El Paso, Texas, and it was it was called Crazy Joe's Comedy Club, and it was, first off, I'm like, that doesn't, when a comedy club has to do a name like that, like any establishment where you need to be so crazy, there's something wrong there. You know what I'm saying? Like, something about, like, a simple name almost reflects that, hey, we're confident enough we can do whatever our business is well enough so we don't have to like almost clickbait people into our establishment. So it's called Crazy Joe's Comedy Club. I remember the kid gave us like the address. Uh, and I'd always like Google her shit. And I remember being like, this can't be right. It's like a warehouse in the middle of fucking nowhere. So I was like, whatever. And then. <clears throat> Just first off, El Paso. If you have never been to El Paso, very nice people. I'm not going to trash talk the people, but that city is a piece of shit. It's just like, I'd always have a good time there. They'd always put us, we used to do El Paso Comic Strip, which is, um, it's this, you know, I don't want to call it, it's a B room. I don't know. 
Because there's a an A room is basically like improv, funny bone. We're all you see like the big names going to. This is like a B or C. I'd argue. I'd give them a B, even though the owners have fucking showed this owner sidebar. Uh, one time we did a weekend there, and he'll like give you a, a little talk as he pays you. Which you know, coming up, you're so eager to know talk to anybody or he get get critiqued by anybody who uh, you know is in the business. I remember this guy gave me my money and he goes, you swear too much. And I was like, okay, you know, I don't have to worry. He's like, yeah, you just swear a lot. It was good advice, but it was enough where, I don't know. It's like enough where it makes you, I could not go about my day for like, a, I, I could not do stand up for like probably six months to a year after that without being in my head on stage. And ever since then, that guy, I know you guys are probably thinking like, why is that such a big deal? But it's like, I don't know. For me, as like a young as like someone coming up, and I hate when I see other comics doing this. I'll get back to the story, by the way. Um, I hate when people tell other people what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry, unless, and even then, unless it's like one of the fucking top guys, like a Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, blah, 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 where you're like, okay, I'll, you know, I can trust their input. Uh, when people say, do this, not that, this, that, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that's such bad advice because that's them not knowing the situation enough to say they have to be so cut and dry to say, don't say this. You know what I'm saying? What a a person should do is say something like, if you want to do this, then blank, blank, and blank. You know, not don't do that because I feel like there's nothing that can't be done in comedy. I understand like topics. Everyone says you can't talk about everything, blah, blah. Nah, to an extent, I don't know, but when people just say don't do this, not that, I feel like it's just fucking, it's ruining the person's creative process because with comedy and you have to go through bad parts to get to the good funny shit, you know, if that makes any sense where, and like people will watch you halfway through that process where it's very clunky, it might come off wrong, it might be too edgy, it might just not be coming out right, even though your intention is otherwise. So people are absorbing it, saying, yeah, that, that's fucked up, that's racist, that's transfer, all this shit. You know what I'm saying? But they don't realize, like, sometimes you have to work through those awful parts uh, to get to, you know, the message you intended. And it's, and I know you're like, why don't you just say the right thing to begin with? Because in joke writing, it's not, it's not that easy. So, I don't know, when people are telling, saying, don't do this, do that, that pisses me off. So anyways, going back to his advice, it's like, bitch, you should have said, like, if you're going to swear, expect X, Y, and Z, or, you know, like, something more, uh, a little more creative, I guess. But then again, as a guy who runs a business, he's, if he's looking at the faces of the people, and they're pissed off, you know, I, I totally understand that, so... Anyways, this club, we used to do El Paso Comic Strip, which it's like, again, it's city's good, but, you know, I was like... When this other place had us out there, Crazy Joe's, do we fucking get there? The comedy club is in the warehouse that I saw it was supposed to be in, per Google Street View. And uh, the fucking thing was basically, you ever go to indoor go-karts? It was a indoor go-kart place and there was a back corner that was the comedy club. Now, you're like, oh, there must have been walls. There must have been fucking something soundproofing to 
you know, separate you from the go-kart. And no, absolutely not. There was no... Dude, you're on stage trying to do fucking jokes, and I swear to God, they started those go-karts up, and it's like... Trying to do jokes while that's happening. That is such bullshit. It's almost like, again, it was so... It felt like I was on a punk show. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, yeah, you know, I was raised by a single mom. You're like, no fucking way. And then on top of that, this lasted the whole show. Then on top of that, they finally had a pit stop, some bullshit. And the there's a bar that was like, if I'm standing on stage, this is the go-kart area that's divided by a sheet i'm expecting a cart to just crash through and hit me when i'm on stage uh and then right over there like literally like right there there's a bar which they did not tell the people they had to come to the comedy area they did not turn off the tvs and nobody shut the fuck up like when i tell you this was the most distracting thing i've ever been involved in that is such a understatement like the place echoed you when the mic worked i'm gonna find i actually have clips of this that i can get it's it was the worst thing of my goddamn life and it's just like goes to show we gotta go through some bad shit and on top of that the kid uh, that brought me did not get paid for that gig so uh lesson learned people if you're gonna go to a place that's called fucking wacky shit dicks fucking party town like don't just don't what is something that has like a dumb name? What's something that has a dumb name that is even like remotely good? No, but, uh, what's something with like a dumb name? I don't know. I feel like everything that's like a good business. Comment below. I don't know. Oh boy, that was really bad. I don't know. Comedy, it's like. I feel like any job. See, that's not really, though. It's like, yeah, you've had bad jobs, but it's like, I feel like I've had bad jobs, but it's more so like the people you work with suck, you know, but it's maybe I guess if you like, I'm thinking my my when I was in architecture and shit. So like I, I can understand that. Maybe I'm sure people have like minimum wage, like just whatever job, not to be rude, but like whatever, like shit jobs like that that are just like horror stories but i feel like with stand-up it's like dude the fucking things you have to go through man to just like that's why i i get so that's why comics get so pissed off when you know somebody fucks with their jokes somebody like pushes back on them like you know for regardless of what pisses them off i feel like comics are just very like uh die hard because of what you have to go through to get on a stage. That's the crazy thing to me where it's like everybody thinks, and I'd love to know like what other profession is even like this where like people, I I'd assume people just think that when you say you're going to do stand up, you go to the comedy clubs and you just tell them, Hey, I'm going to do stand up now. And then they're like, okay, cool. We're going to just start putting you on shows. People don't realize, and it seems weird that I have to say this, but I guess if you don't know stand-up, this should be interesting. Uh, when you sign up, when you start... First off, stand-up, to become a comedian, You just, first off, 
I don't want to say comedian. If you want to start doing stand-up, it's just signing up. You just go to an open mic and say, hey, you write your name down, and then they give you X amount of minutes depending on what the open mic is. And then a lot of times at these mics, some are getting better now and more efficient where you can sign up in advance and you know which hour you're going to be. There's slots, all this bullshit. But even that, you have to sit through so much stand-up. Like when I started, when I started, uh, I would sit at open mics for like three hours because there was one that many people or they would do a lottery thing. Basically, they're trying to trick comics into having to stay and watch because if it was chronological order of like you sign up when you get there, people would leave knowing, hey, I'm not going to go for a half hour. So the host of the mic would you know, try to strong arm the process, have it be a lottery so everybody's sitting there so they can't walk away because then they're going to miss their spot. But I've sat at mics for probably like two and a half hours before to get three minutes. So imagine that over the course of years because from year one to like three or four or five, even more, even now, like I, I'm still fucking S&Ds to get on these goddamn stages. You're... You're literally wasting hours to do maybe maybe 10 minutes of stage time a night at these open mics, which now they cost money. You're driving around. So, but it's just crazy, like a profession that, like, almost everything about it, that's why entertainment's so hard because everything about it, like, you can feel it not wanting you to to succeed like it it's such a, a thing where it f- makes you go ask yourself do i really want to do this because if there's a ounce that doesn't you will stop pretty quick like there's a lot of people who i feel like in the first year you're like die hard you're like oh i'm gonna do but it's like if you don't have the skill set if you don't have the desire by year two or three that's even being pretty good people just drop off but it's like and even when you get past that, this is the the crazy part I was thinking about the other day, where you, even like at the level I'm at, which I hate to even like make it, I've been doing this long enough where it's like, even at this level, like you're still, you're still begging and pleading to get on stages, but just with like different people now. So like back in the day, and even still same some of the same people now, but it's like, you know, back then you're like all the, your friends who run shows are people who've run shows. You're trying to just get on there and uh, the clubs don't mess with you really. Maybe some like of the shittier ones, but um, what's it called? But even now it's like, dude, the, sh- the fucking like now like bigger clubs in the country. They fuck with you one day, and then for no reason, they stop messing with you. You could do well, too. It's Jesus Christ, this club in Boston I fucked with. They book me, book me, and then now they just stop replying to stuff, which you're like, yo, what the fuck? But uh, what was I even getting at with this whole idea? Just how it sucks. Yeah, I guess I was saying just like a profession where it's like, Jesus Christ, like constantly. Like that's the thing. Like Everyone's like, how do you do your day job and this it's like my god compared to a stand-up my day job is a fucking walk in the park like when there's a job where there's a right way and a wrong way to do something and like yeah each project i run for construction like is slightly different but it's like there is like there's rules set up and 
each project, this is right, this is right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, like in comedy, a joke can work here, or not work here, or not work. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's so many variables that are keeping you on your toes. So when I go to my day job and I know there's a right way and a wrong way and it doesn't change, like maybe a few little things here and there, but even that, like it's not enough to keep me stressed out. It's like, it's so easy. Like, yeah, the I think what people don't realize like at day jobs is like the workload that starts to, that's the stressful part. And, you know, everybody's job's different. I don't even act like I know what you do or blah, blah, blah. But I feel like when I was in architecture and when I was in, now I'm in construction management, you're so, it's the workload that stresses you out. You know what I'm saying? You will learn how to be efficient, but uh, it's still just that easiness where you're like, there's a cut and dry, yes or no type shit. I think, you know, if you if I was an owner, I feel like that variable comes around more because it's kind of now like what I'm dealing with with stand-up where it's like when you're the owner of a company, I feel like and you're trying to get clients unless you're a thing that, and even if you're a thing that like mass produces shit, you're still schmoozing a decision maker at some point. And I feel like in entertainment, you that level is almost, and I'm not saying the importance level is the same, but like a comedian and like a boss of a company are similar in the sense that they're schmoozing other people to mess with their product. So that's where the stress comes around. And it's like, that you know, everyone's like, well, my day job, like, would you ever want to own your own company? I'm like, fuck no, hell, Jesus Christ. Not that, like, I don't think I could. If I didn't do stand-up, maybe I would think about it. But, dude, this sh- I couldn't even imagine. Like, there, there is such a beauty. And everyone's like, you got to be your own fucking ball, these motivational speakers. Be your own fucking boss, kid. Bleh. You're like, first off, you're making money because you're luring these fucking desperate people to an arena to hear you say the most vague shit ever. So suck a dong. But also it's like, it's kind of like renting versus owning a house. And and as far as like my day job, at the end of the day, I can just leave. Nothing's my responsibility. Like, yeah, like I'm responsible for, for shit on the projects, this, that, and the other. But it's like, at the end of the day, you can just leave. I can go home, and I hate to say this, but it's kind of my, like, say shit hits the fan, I can be like, well, I'm out of here. It's his fault. He can't do that unless he's going to fucking close the company, and it's a whole big thing, and then you're still responsible for shit. That's how it's like with renting. Fucking my boy Dave Ramsey, I don't know if you guys fuck with him at all. He's like a money guy on YouTube. Like, I'm shitting on those motivational people, but this guy, yeah, he tries to sell you shit, but he still gives good advice. But it's like with renting, everyone's like, you got to buy shit. It's like, no, now you're responsible for something that could cost you a shit ton of money. I am so content with renting, and I I advocate that to people where it's like, if you can look at your income and find a place you can rent while still saving a good chunk of money each month, you're great. Like right now, if a fucking something broke in here, I call the maintenance people and you're good. That's like how you got to surround yourself with like, that reassurance and i feel like a day job like that is good but uh and i feel like that's why most people are they gravitate towards jobs like that because i'm assuming they have that foresight of like uh i don't want to have to deal with this and one of my coworkers, he goes i don't want to fucking own a company the guy said it straight up he's like i just come to work i get paid blah 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 like the guy lives within his me he makes good money but it's just crazy to think like 
Everyone has this like, you got to be your own fucking boss and shit. You're like, hmm. I'm good. I'm not trying to do that. But when it comes to entertainment, though, you're like, you kind of are, you're like forced into that because I can't just like work. I guess I could because like right now in a way, in a way, like I opened for Drew Lynch, my boy, oh daddy. Um, I uh, I work for him, so it's like, but I feel like this is where you get into like an entertainment thing because you want to be the guy. You know, he's the guy right now. I'm his opener. I help him. I'm a part of his system, which it's like that's the process. Every headliner has an opener. You know who? You know I help Drew sell his shirts, this, that, and the other. So it's weird because it's kind of like the position I'm in now with my job, where it's like, yeah, I, my if you want to use the same terms, my boss is the headliner. He has his business, and I'm a piece of that, and I help him, and in turn, he throws me money. But it's different with like comedy, where it's like I want to be the boss. You know what I'm saying? But you know, and you, everybody should, unless going back to what I was saying, it's like, unless somebody is so content with entertainment that, and I don't think this is even possible because it's like, you can't be, you can't survive financially as just an opening act unless you do have a day job. But I don't think anybody's going to want to just be a feature their whole life because at, at the end of the day, like, I, I don't think there's like longevity if in the p- person you're opening for, because if they go away, you're fucked. You, you, there's a point where you need to have like the control of your thing. Um, as far as comedy goes, where it's like, you know, with like a headliner, they have that hour that they've been polishing and, you know, over the years they, they craft it and it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a great show and they can be like, Hey, you know, like you have that, that thing that the comedy clubs want because they want to, you know, and hopefully over the years you're getting a following and that's another thing that's just fucking crazy, makes it so much harder, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like entertainment, it's like, well, if you get into this, and this is like where people don't realize, like, when they start, I'm just going to tell jokes, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, over the years, you start to, like, be like, okay, I don't want to just tell jokes at open mic forever. What's the next step? And once you get to a certain height, you start to see, like, opening for a guy like Drew, it's so helpful because he's at that le- He's at the level. Like, if you're at his level, you're fucking made. I, I know... People don't want it. They always want the next thing, but it's like in my eyes and most people, like he's made it. So I think once people start, they start to see all the things it takes to get there and people don't realize like, oh, fuck, this takes a long time. But uh, I do enjoy it. It's just funny. See? It's all looping around because I was at Crazy Joe's. (laughs) That fucking was the worst. Oh, my God. That was such a bad weekend. Yeah, it's crazy now. Like, that's why I love stand up so much. And, like, not, I don't want to say entertainment because it's, it's just shitty, but I love, like, I like stand up because, God, it's like, you want to talk about, like, I feel like with a day job, you see where you're going to, what you want, like, very clearly. And it's not, there's not many variables. Yeah, you got to get lucky if you want to be your boss, essentially. Like, got to get lucky, work up the ladder. You know, if you have people in front of you, you got to jump jobs, bullshit, this, that, and the other. But it's like, 
and I don't want to downplay it because I know that's very hard. And um, but I like stand-up's crazy because like you think you're chasing one carrot like dangling in front of your face. There's like fucking thirty carrots that you aren't just dangling. You have to eventually get it somehow to really be successful in this. And some people would probably disagree with what I'm saying right now because everybody's what they want out of this is, you know, I, I'm not saying what their 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 goals are is better than mine or more accurate. But for me, and I feel like a lot of people, the goal is at the end of the day with stand-up to become somebody where you can go to a comedy club, they put your face on the website, and you can sell tickets, ideally sell out, and then you do that circuit and you work an hour, you sell the hour, and you kind of get in that. And then for me, you know, in that process of uh, get booked at clubs all year round, travel, craft an hour, make it ready, film a special, and then do that process over, you're also, you know, building a business where either, you know, the podcast thing, so you have another side thing. It's all about... uh if you have a lot of things going, um, you want to just be, have some sense of security. Cause with stand up, it's like, you can be done the next day. Like you can be the shit one year. And I've seen this, unfortunately you see drew drew manage it really well, but like with America's got talent people, nothing against them. When you get on these shows, you get such a pop of a fan base that your next year is just like crazy. And I've seen it multiple times. I've known a few people that on that show and did well, but I've seen some people, too, that have been on that show where you get that pop and you are the shit for one year as far as ticket sales go because you just were in front of millions upon millions of people week after week on that show. So, you know, you got to get to a certain uh, – you got to go far into the season. But it's crazy. You have to always pivot and make something else out of it. And Drew is a good example where – and, you know, I feel like – it just sheds light on how you kind of, whether you get on a show like that or not, how you have to have other things going where he pivoted that into like a big YouTube following and kind of getting back where it's like, yeah, I want to do that circuit, but I also want to get the podcast thing. Um, and this all still comes from a following, which is shitty enough, but that's the, that's like in my eyes and maybe some people don't see this, but I feel like I've have enough cases where I don't know why I want that on. Um, I've seen enough circumstances where the root of success as far as getting butts in seats is having something happen on social media that got you a fan base that's willing to come out. And like for people who don't do stand-up or entertainment, when you have leverage over a club to get people out, you have that you that's where you make all that money. Everyone sees like entertainers making bank. I'll tell you right now, if I got booked, I did. I got booked at a comedy club, the Spokane one, which they canceled it because a uh, bigger headliner took that day, in which I'm like, whatever. He's like Roy Scoville. He's so fucking funny. I'm like, like a huge, he's probably one of my favorite comics. Um, like somebody hypothetically, hypothetic, hypothetically, hypothetically, um, if you want to even call me a headliner, he, if I went to a club now, oh my god, I'd probably make fuck like nothing. Like this club was gonna lowball the shit out of me. I'd make probably maybe a th- I don't even know, like maybe a thousand dollars, maybe I don't even know for the weekend if I had to guess. Like that's five 
five shows. I don't know. Maybe a little more than that. But it's like when you have leverage to get people out, it's crazy where you're controlling their business in a way of like, hey, I'm getting all these people here. We need to negotiate more. And you can make upwards of like fucking like $40,000 for a week. It's like, it's absurd. Like that's when you see like celebrities like who make bank. You're like, how do they make so much money? And they think like it's across the board. It's like, no, that leverage of a following is the, basically the, the, the through line of like a lot of that shit. So it's crazy just like trying to get like some sort. That's why everyone does fucking podcasts. I feel like I'm just lifting the veil of entertainment right now. Like I don't know much about it though. I'm not going to act like I'm like some guru and I could have been wrong in a lot of that. But from what I've witnessed and what I can, I feel like I'm a smart enough person where like what I can piece together and blah, blah, blah. That's basically like kind of what it is, you know? And if you take those key points of like, you know, Sticking out, getting funny, getting a following, uh, and whatever the fuck the other one is, acting shit or pivoting, making sure you have a few things going at once. Like, there's still so many subcategories within each one of those that, you know, if we're going to say getting funny, having a following, and, uh, side projects each one of those is almost like its little career in and of itself where it's like getting funny doing stand-up every night writing all the time getting up all the time wasting your time at these fucking mics doing uh, many shows shitty shows anything you can do that's just one thing and yeah like i'd argue funny is more than half of it and the other two are although i don't know like this is where you start to like think like you know yes you have to be funny and i think that is half of it and i think having a following is like arguably like 40% of the other half while uh, I'd say maybe 30% of the other half. Ah, this is kind of tough. What percentage would it be? Basically I'm saying like, cause you're really not much without your following. So it's like maybe being funny is 50. Another having a following is another 40 and like, or 30, 40 and then 10% is, that side project shit, but like then to get a following, which, you know, maybe your side project thing kind of spills into that. It's like, you got to have, what is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, thankfully I just post shit on Instagram. I fucking try to do this. Now I try to, you got to find that thing. That's like essentially going to go viral, shoot sketches, like kind of, that's the hard part. Like getting a fucking people to follow you. People don't realize like somebody who is in entertainment that involves getting butts and seats. Like we think of, at least I think about that so much of like how the fuck. And it's crazy. Like I'll post videos. I'll post fucking a part of this and nah, probably not on my Instagram. And, uh, you lose followers. Like I posted stand up clips that do better than anything I've ever posted. And I'm losing followers. I luckily got a, enough people when laugh factory posted my clips thank god for them that's basically all and then i did some bigger things with like my buddy stevie emerson sketches um i've did a few podcasts where i got a good bump but it's like you think and i thought oh once you get to more followers they start to share and steamroll not real it's like really not that it, honestly like it stands still yeah, if you have a video doing well, you get a couple here and there, but it's like, it's so weird when you post a video nine times out of 10, 
those random Fairweather fans that followed you because they just saw your thing on that one page and just clicked follow, it like almost reminds them like, oh, I don't know who this is, unfollow. So like I'll post a video. I feel like the last couple I posted have done better than most of the things I've, eh, maybe not better because I feel like a while ago, IGTV, you'd get way more views, but I think everyone's catching on. So IGTV is getting a little more saturated. So, but back then I feel like you just get like, you kill it with views. But uh, I just think the quality of the things I'm posting are, are way better. But uh, yeah, it's weird. You'll post it and you'll just lose like fucking, you'll get like people here and there, but it's like, you're, I'll lose like 10 fucking followers. You're like, so it's crazy trying to crack that nonsense of like, what? is the fucking trick <laughs> the fuck am i doing i don't know i feel like with anything though at the end of the day you have to just like not i don't dwell on this as much as i'm making it out to be but um i just like doing it that's what you, you got to tell yourself you know what and jim gaffigan had a great quote uh that he said in something once where he's like the day he realized because he'd be he'd beat himself up a lot. If you don't know Jim Gaffigan, by the way, he's one of the best stand-ups. Super funny. The hot pocket guy. Look him up. Jim G A F F I G A N. Uh, he had this fu- crazy, you know, helpful thing, or at least like kind of relaxing in a sense, where he's like, you know, the day when he was in New York, up and coming comic. His brothers and sisters had kids. He was single, fucking comedian. He goes, the day I just accepted that I'm going to be the weird uncle and the guy in the family who's just a comic and fucking this is my life, it almost took the pressure off it, and he started to enjoy it more. And he goes, I swear to God, from that point on, it started getting better. Because I feel like when you're... It's very easy in this to like... um, It's very easy to not be satisfied with the things you get because you're always expecting like if you're always looking up to be be up here you're not going to enjoy the shit down here so i feel like with his situation he kind of was like oh you know i the day i just said fuck it i'm just gonna be a fucking single dude who's a comic and i don't give a shit you're like all right now you're kind of content with who you are and i feel like even like amy schumer i say what you want about her i think she's funny as fuck and she's funnier than 95 percent of you 99.9 percent of you assuming some Comics are watching this. Um, and even then, she's fucking super funny. Um, she was like, yeah, the day I stopped caring, it just started getting better. And it's, it's don't take that as face value. I feel like the day and what I'm trying to get at with myself and everything, it's like the day you just, you just enjoy it more and you stop giving a fuck. Like, that's like why I love comics when they get to a point where you're like, heckler everyone's like what do you do with a heckler or like what do you do when the show's bad you're like show's bad i've had a billion bad show like you know yeah you have good ones and you gotta have the good ones to keep your career going but also it's like yeah it bothers you for a little while it's like yeah, it's easier said than done as far as like eh, i don't give a fuck but it's like the second you're like i'm just gonna do this shit i'm a psycho i don't give a fuck fuck you guy from el paso i'm gonna swear all i goddamn want uh i'm gonna post dumb shit for a while, like little things, you're like, man, this is gonna be embarrass me, or because my mom follows me on Instagram, you're like, I don't give a fuck anymore. What do you, you know? It, this is my shit. I'm gonna do it. I, it makes me happy. So I feel like once people kind of, you know, you you embody that, I think you just kind of something changes with you. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's just you just start to be, you start to start looking in more and just seeing what you enjoy, and you focus on that more, and then you start to like concentrate who you are as a 
entertainer. So your voice starts to get very more, you know, uh, apparent. I guess I don't know. I, I feel like the second you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have fun. Now you're like, how do what makes me have fun? And then you start doing those weird things that you like, which in turn are the most maddy things or whatever you, you know things you can do versus a while where you're like what what do they like and then you're doing shit other people like which really you can like finagle it for years and you know some of it will have your voice in it some of it won't but it's like once you start being like man i'm gonna fucking have a good ass time that's why even with this podcast i'll be perfectly honest like i like being funny but it's like i'm i was debating even changing the name because it's like i do have a day job i'm literally work all day go do stand-up i tap dance there and then I was like, I got to be funny on this podcast. And I'm like, I don't even give a fuck. I like putting it out. I understand one person's probably listening to it right now. Um, but for me, I'm like, I felt so much pressure to just be like, I got to be funny every second of it. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that helps. And I'm sure let me get a couple of these out and I'll fuck around more right now. I'm not really trying to be uh, goofy. <laughs> Sorry, there's a pandemic. I'm not trying to laugh. Um even with this, I was like, just fucking, you know, just do it. It's almost therapeutic for me to just talk. And I feel like if you guys are fans or you're just people passing by, I know for me, like I, when I like a comedian, I almost like love hearing them just talking normal. Like, you know, like for Bill Burr, like I just like hearing them talk as you get to know who they are as a person and it starts to kind of compliment their comedy in a way. And you start to put, you know, yes, it's always fun when they're funny, but like I geek out on I hate that I use that term right now. A geek out. I like when I hear like Bill Burr or like these comics in interviews talking about the process and like you know that's this interesting stuff for me as far as like if you really like you know if you really care uh, you know like the arts if you want to call it that um I feel like you would be like, oh, I want to know where this came from type thing rather than some people are just like, make me laugh or you're born, thumbs down, fuck you. You know, like, all right, you miserable bag of shit. I don't care about you, but your thumbs down did hurt. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to fucking uh, do this shit. It is crazy, like, working, like, how... I almost was going to call this, like, double life podcast. I don't know, like... Double life with, I don't know, basically a name that have to do with the fact that I have like a split life, like where at work, this is more of who I am at work. Um, yeah, I'll goof around like bare, like when I say barely, I fucking, I have to know you. And even then I'd like, I'm very selective with who I fuck around with in a professional setting because when I worked in architecture for a while, out of co- out of grad school, I did that for a little bit, and I feel like people. Sorry, I'm just making sure I got that big potato in, boy. Um, I um, I pr- I was very I was happy to tell people I did stand up, but you in a in a setting like a professional job, like I quickly realized that I don't think they like that, and also anytime I slipped up or anytime I you know. It's kind of like having a girlfriend. Anytime like you're in a bad mood, they associate it. Or basically, first off, let me finish this point. Anytime I fucked up, I feel like they associate it with a stand up, which I'm like, that's not fair because I just I was late because I just was late. It has nothing to do with 
But then they also, they wouldn't take me serious. And I guess going back to the girlfriend thing, I guess what I was saying is like, anytime you, I was going to say when you talk, you complain about somebody and then they meet them, they don't like it. But I guess really it's not that I was talking about stand up because this doesn't make any sense. Wait, Han. I don't know. Um, so after that first job, I I vowed, I'm not even kidding you, I was like, no more, don't tell anybody. No one needs to know, and I give people this advice all the time, and this is oddly why I know it's like, maybe it's like negative as fuck for me to say, like, I don't even want to be friends. I'll be cool with my coworkers, and I'll like, I like all of them, they're really nice, and I love it within the work setting, but it's like, I almost don't want to even like, maybe I'm just paranoid and it backfired on me. Like, I don't even want to fucking be like chill with them outside of work because it's like, once you let them in, it's like they, you know, I feel like they would just look down on me a little more when you want to be taken serious. So I, uh, I definitely, now they know when you're at a company long enough, uh, it's inevitable they find out. But from the first job until this one, everything in between, nobody knew. I didn't want to tell them. I'm like super quiet. I just want to get my shit done. I also want to fucking be taken seriously. And it's hard when they know you as the people associate when you're a funny person, or at least like when I would joke around and I know not even working, just like growing up and making people laugh or not that I even fucking thought I was funny. Everybody was funny, but it's like, I've noticed like when you joke around more, so, um, people associate, being silly and making people laugh is like I feel like dumb in a way like I feel like they treat you like you're dumb or like you're a less lesser human being because you're like oh you're silly you're like you're entertaining me it's like no bitch it's actually the opposite you're the dumb one and I know what makes your stupid fucking brain laugh so I'm in in turn fucking controlling your emotions right now, you stupid fuck. But it, the amount of like times growing up where I felt like I just felt, yeah, you just get this like weird vibe. And then they kind of look at you like, Hey, make me laugh. Now you're like, see, that is not what I want. And it's funny. Cause like I'm in this profession, but it's still at my discretion and audiences are polite for the most part. Yeah. Some you get where they're standoffish, but I kind of like that now. I feel like just in like a social setting, I don't need people fucking snapping their fingers and be like, hey, do that, do that thing you do with your mouth and your words. Um, but uh, yeah, at work, especially in construction too, it was bad enough. Like when I was put in the position I'm in, I was like 29. In your 20s, I don't care what year it is, people. Oh, fuck, that hit my nut. Ah, fuck. My bulge. Oh, one time a girl, I was sitting weird like this, I had my legs crossed, and my nuts were bulging, and I think she thought I had a big dong, and there was like a rumor that I had a big dick, even though I'm like, that's just my bulge. Um, Didn't tell anyone, though. Let Sometimes you don't got to correct people. Sometimes you just let them, uh, let them, uh, let it stew in the brain. Um... Oh, that really hurt my nut. You ever get hit in the nuts and then it like it's a delayed thing. Like it the when you get hit in the nuts, the first is shock because you're like that's not going to be good, but there's like a second where it doesn't hurt and then and then this like as if the pain is late. They're like, "Sorry, I'm late. I was uh <clears throat> we don't get hit in the nuts too often." So yeah. 
I was snoozing. You're like, you are a dick. Uh, um, yeah, it came up late, and I'm not feeling too jokey. Um, the fuck was I just saying? Oh, yeah, being in your late 20s. I don't know. People just... Between, they just look, I don't know, when you say 20 blank, they don't give a fuck what that blank is. They are like, I oh, get out of here. But, I don't know, between that and then stand-up, I was like, I vowed I'm not going to say shit, so. But, uh, yeah, I don't really want to joke around, ever. I like fucking around. I feel like when I'm drinking, that's why I did this, but I'm like, I'm just going to fucking sit in my little thing, wait for my potato, my quarantine. I'm about to make hot chocolate. It's getting thotted. God, this is so surreal that this shit's happening, but whatever. Um, yeah, so anyways, I feel like if you guys enjoy listening to me talk, this is probably boring as fuck. You guys are, and I feel like moving forward, it's going to be more stories. I don't know. I'm so bad. I feel like everybody has like funny ass stories, and I feel like maybe I just like don't remember them in such detail. I remember like the the bases of it but sometimes like people are funnier in the details and i'm like very lackadaisical as a person sometimes where i'm like i don't give a fuck why do you care that's what i say to everything why do you why do you give a shit when i watch politics people why do you care to the point where it makes you annoyed i get what pot like all that shit is not even politics just anything where people get visibly angry and you're like relax like focus your your care maybe you know to other areas of your life your family everybody gets so fucking heated about dumb shit that's why I like going back fucking I'm gonna talk about corona shit for a minute it's like everybody has a different take it's like there's like five different people no let's, let's just name them there's a the people who feel the need to reprimand everybody else for not doing what they're supposed to be doing. There's the people who are complaining about not having money, even though it's a day in. You're like, well, you didn't have money before it started, so I understand why you're sketched out. But I wish this people, that person, number two, the money would now, and everybody's situation is different. I was talking to my friend. It's like some people live paycheck to paycheck, but it's like for those who don't, I really hope you fucking look at this like, hey, I got to get my... Start saving. We never know what the circumstance is, but it's like, and maybe you did. Then if you did, you can stop. You can plug your ears. But for the people who maybe are a little too uh, loosey-goosey with the spending, uh, I'd recommend, you know, start stashing money away so you're not fucking sweating bullets. And again, some people don't have that luxury, and I'm, I'm, I feel for you and all that stuff. But there's somebody who's like, give me money now. There's the fucking... The I don't give a fuck person, which I'm not that. I feel like this is a very serious thing that we have to take care of. But it's like they're the I don't give a fuck to the point where they're just like doing dumb shit as far as going out, blah, blah, blah. There's another one. I can't think of it. The medical professional who's just sharing fucking bullshit. Uh, What else? I don't know. It's just like so overwhelming. Like uh, some people, I don't know. What do I know? What do I know? God, I couldn't even imagine the hypochondriacs now. Like, I'm not that at all, and everybody's, I'm sure everybody's fucking walking around. That's, yeah, I don't know. It's not even fucking, at the end of the day, like I said, 
Let me end on this because it's almost my potatoes gonna be done soon. My taters almost done, boy. Um, what was I searching? Let's end on this. If you made it this far, first off, calm down. Go about your business. Do you know if you have to go to work? Fucking wash your hands as much as you can. You know, if you realize, hey, I'm touching something that other people probably touched, maybe the next activity or next thing you do isn't involving picking something up and putting it in your mouth or touching, you know, wash your hands. Whether you, even if you feel like you're doing it too much, I don't think there's such thing. Maybe just don't stand at this thing for hours, but do that. I like to look at it like this. My buddy Steve, he was in the military. He gave me good advice. He goes, there's a circle of things you can control. And you put those in the circle. And anything out of that, it's not that you don't care, but it's out of your control. So put your mind at ease. What you can control is in that circle. Wash your hands. You know, Keep busy. Don't dwell. Try not to read stuff. Uh, you know, Understand the severity, um, but also don't psych yourself out. I told myself, you know, I'm done looking at stats. I feel like uh, if something's going to come out that involves you know, like staying home more or something, it's going to be known. It's not going to be something that I'm going to be like, oh, really? I'm just walking around the streets when I get shot with a sniper. It's not going to be like that. So go about your day. Don't fucking, I feel like even on social media, when somebody who is not a medical professional, and even if they are, it's like, just ignore, just don't even look at it. You're just going to psych yourself out. Fucking, uh, Take care of yourself. If you smoke, maybe relax with that. And uh, eat baked potatoes. I made a um, made mashed potatoes yesterday, and they're really good. But I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a twice baked potato, and uh, maybe uh, look up some sex style. So, anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I know it was a little lackluster, but uh, I had fun. So, anyways, thanks for tuning in to the Queef Boy. Queef hour. <laughs> Goodbye.